Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, dog trainer Alan Cable, groomer Joey Villani, communicator Joy Turner, and here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Here are the toll-free numbers. Write these on your unk. 1-866-405-8405. They're toll-free to Dr. Debbie, Alan Cable, Joey Villani. Unfortunately, Joy Turner is still in the hospital. She is, I'm happy to report, out of intensive care. And uh, you can send her cards. If you want that information, we have that over at the website at AnimalRadio.com. On the show today, well, just a big show. I, first of all, it's very hard to top last week's show. I know. Where the, the line of the week, I think, was probably this. I felt... Um I call it edible excrement. Uh, I sell candy kitten crap and puppy poop. <laughs> that, of course, is Susan Olson. I sell. Um, I call it edible excrement. Uh, I sell candy kitten crap and puppy poop. And <laughs> it's all very pretty. And I designed the artwork on the boxes. I, I would love for you know my my poop to just go all over the place and uh, <laughs> and make tons of money. There you go. That was Susan Olson from last week and, of course, Paul Reiser last week. So what? you have a lot to yeah, live up to Susan this Susan Olson was Cindy Brady. You don't think of Cindy Brady oh. talking about. What done happened to Cindy's career? I know. <laughs> it's gone Let to me the guess. She's single. She's single. Let me guess. She has a lot of cats. I understand. Uh, today, then we're going to talk to Brian Barzak. Now, he is the snake man. I think he has like 30,000 snakes. Ugh. And uh, he has a show on TV and a web show, and we'll, we'll speak to him in just a few minutes. Also on the show today, and we talked about this a few weeks back, Mark Gomer, he puts these protection dogs in schools. Wow. Mm-hmm. After the Sandy Hook incident, it came to him that he, he thought maybe instead of the security guards, maybe if these dogs were in the schools, they would deter these incidences mm-hmm. from happening. Let me just say, we have just begun to tap into the wealth of dogs. People are finally starting to understand that dogs are amazing. Did you see the story last week? This dog was allowed into a surgery. Into a surgery. This girl had I a surgery that. done. Wow. And the dog was in the operating room because he can detect changes in her body before the machine can the nurse was saying this dog knows when there's a change in in her blood pressure and 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 there's a change in her stability before the machines tell us now, was this so we the, allowed him in there was this the girl's well, dog or just a dog that's allowed into different surgeries? it was the girl's dog but he's, he's dog. just he's wow. highly sensitive to changes in her body and can detect the changes a minute or two before the actual machines can that are hooked up to her while she's going through a surgery. Well, don't they the say there's dogs that can actually detect some forms of cancer oh, just by sense of smell? Bladder cancer, oh, yeah. no, that's a fact. breast that's cancer, a fact. yeah, they can smell. Now, did you also see, guys, did you see the story of the blind guy, who the uh, the old seeing-eye dog, and he, he uh, passed out on the mm-hmm. subway tracks, fell on the tracks, and the dog did everything he could to pull him out of harm's way? Yep. Just, just incredible story. So, yeah, I mean, I've always thought that dogs were the answer to schools. Always thought that they were the perfect solution for everyone. Hopefully this guy will explain it to me. I know that it costs a lot to put these animals in the schools, and I want to find out all about that in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Dogs do amazing with that. They are amazing. Cats, too. You know, all of our animals, and that's what this show is about. We're celebrating our animals right now, toll-free at one 405 8405. I'm Miss Stacy Cohen, working hard in the Animal Radio newsroom. What do you got? Well, it looks like in Italy, some pigs are a little ticked off that they aren't being chosen for salami. They're using their name, but not their product. I'll tell you about it. They protested right outside of Parliament. (laughs) A whole bunch of pigs. I'll give you the details. Coming up, the pink ones. 
on Animal Radio News. See, pigs are huh? dumb. They, they, well, what other animal's going to protest not being killed and eaten? I mean, who's, <laughs> what, what, what's going on with that? What, aren't I good enough? Yeah, I know. I'm speechless here. Hey, John, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. What's going on? Well, not much. Just driving through the farmlands in South Georgia right now. Are you OTR? Uh, you truck driver? No, no. I'm a, I'm a, I'm driving a pickup truck, but not a large truck. No, we're just visiting a friend out here on a, on a farm. We're just going to visit. Doing the holiday thing. So what's going on? You got problems with your dog, I guess, or cat? Uh, my, my wife and I have been looking for a lab. We want to get a lab door, and we've been reading and seeing some dogs that are called apartment-sized labs or one one. Outfit calls them canoe size. They're somewhere between the 35 and 45 pound range. They're smaller than, I guess, a standard lab. And I didn't know if that was a particular breed or, or what. And I'm just trying to find out more information and see if you all knew anything about that. Well, you know, the, the one thing that it seems like every breed that I encounter, there's always a, a goal and an effort to make the mini one. <laughs> so there's, there's always these like super mini breeds. Um, now, anything outside of what they call the breed standard uh, for the Labrador is still a Labrador, but it's just outside of the size and the weight standard. Um, but yeah, there are some fe- f- some folks that are striving to try to miniaturize uh, the Labrador because, you know, they like the lab and they're just looking for a smaller dog. Um, you, you know, I, it depends on what's important to you. Um, for me, I, I kind of like the, the standard of what a, a Labrador is. Um, if you're just looking for a smaller dog, I, I, I actually look at some of the breed mixes that are out there. Um, you yeah. know, at the pound, there's some really wonderful lab mixes you can get that give you that smaller size, but you still get a lot of that quality and the character of the lab. Um, but it's basically kind of the same thing, but some breeders are kind of breeding smaller in an effort to try to, to get to that zone there. And, and Dr. Um, w, don't you have to be careful with, I mean, you, you really should know a breeder really well because a lot of them, a lot of them are great. And a lot of them, you know, they'll just breed any two dogs to get an outcome they want over and over and over again, sometimes close in, in relation. And, and you get dogs that uh, are predisposed to certain conditions and that are a lot more frail and fragile, don't you? Well, yeah. And actually, in the Labrador Retriever, um, there is actually a dwarfism uh, gene. So that's a genetic defect. And sometimes when we're breeding for super small um, along that line, we can actually end up seeing that um, mutation come up. So um, unfortunately, I do know of some people that actually wanted a little um, lab, were looking specifically for it, and they got it. They actually got a, a dog that was a dwarf. Um, not necessarily where you want to go, because there's there's bound to be other types of health problems when you do that kind of narrow, focused breeding. Um, you know, I guess depends on, uh, like I said, depends on what you like. I have a small lab. She's 58 pounds. She's very lean. That's She's kind small? Of a, <laughs> she is. Holy moly. 58 is a small lab. <laughs> now, my other lab is, you know, 78, 85 pounds, but he's all muscle. <laughs> and, and they're very different. They come from different lines. My female comes from a hunt trial line. And, you know, this is the typical, even some of the males were just a little bit larger than that. Um, so a lot, if you look at what the people are breeding, what the size of the animals are through m- many generations, and then even, you know, if you like little dogs, females generally are about 10 to even 20 pounds, sometimes lighter than the males in the same litter so that that may be one way you get a little or a pup as well yeah. okay well so just be careful with the breeder and maybe look at the female breed and be better off that, that route yeah just yeah. get to and know get to know the breeder get to know the okay. breeder and how much they care about what what they're doing okay go over to where they are because you know there's some breeders that say i'll meet you down at walmart if they say that <laughs> not a good breeder 
And, and I have okay. to say, the, the, the Internet-derived dogs, sometimes you can get some, some fine dogs, but um, you know there are certain lists on the Internet that I won't say what the lists are, but sometimes there's a lot of lemons that come out of those lists where you can get a pup off the offline. But I can, I, can, I can tell you, I mean, a lot of people are, are hung up on the, you know, the pedigree thing, the one breed. I love mixed breed dogs. You, you get such great dogs. I, mean, I had an Airedale Shepherd. I've got a Lab Shepherd now. And, uh, I mean, it's just they're so much fun. They're durable. They're smart. They live a long time. You get all kinds of great things when you mix breed dogs and you find dogs like that. You just have to wait until a good litter comes up, and then you just go watch them and spend time with them, and you can figure out which one would be best for you. Okay. Thanks for the help. Good luck with that, John. Send us pictures when you get your dog. We want to sure see. Will. Aren't uh, mutts healthier, Dr. Debbie? You know, in general, yeah, there's something called hybrid vigor, and it's the idea that when you mix two extreme genetic selections and you mix them together, you actually hopefully get good of the good of both breeds, and you're diluting out the bad of both breeds. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot to that. It's not always a precise science, but uh, I'm a fan of mutts. Ever since I got boss, I'm, I'm totally too. sold on the little mongrels. Me too. <laughs> I've never had a, you know, a single breed dog. They've all been mixed, and I just, it's just so wonderful. You know what? An Airedale Shepherd is absolutely the best dog there is, and it's so hard to find an Airedale and a German Shepherd that get together, and if you do, what a great dog that is. Oh my gosh, he was such a great dog. Animal Radio is brought to you by Natural Balance Pet Food, the finest food you can buy for the health of your pet. No matter which line of Natural Balance Pet Food you choose, you know it will truly be the food for a lifetime. Visit www.naturalbalance.net to learn more. Hi, I'm Dick Van Patten. And I'm Jimmy Van Patten. And we're here to talk to you about our new line of alpha grain-free dog and cat formulas. And we've been the leaders in grain-free nutrition with our LID formulas before grain-free became a trend. Our new grain-free alpha formulas combine multiple high-quality proteins at balanced levels with unique fruits and vegetables for vitamins and antioxidants. For more information on alpha and all of my dog and cat food formulas, visit naturalbalanceinc.com. Perry locked himself out of his car. Should he A, call his amateur wrestler friend with fists of steel, or B, get roadside assistance from the Geico mobile app? The correct answer is B. The Geico mobile app uses GPS, so Perry can get roadside assistance quickly without saying a word. It's like telepathy. Perry's steel-fisted friend would dent up the door and break stuff. Geico's mobile app is speedy and makes it easy for Perry to get roadside assistance with the tap of his finger. Geico. Wherever, whenever. Just a click away with our free mobile app. Shaquille O'Neal for Icy Hot. If you've got pain, you need the patch. The Icy Hot Patch. Powerful, targeted, fast-acting pain relief that stays put without the mess. Icy to dull the pain, hot to relax it away in a variety of sizes. From back, shoulders, knees, even arthritis. So you're covered whenever and wherever you hurt. Stop pain right at the source with Icy Hot Patches. Pain's no match for the Icy Hot Patch. For temporary topical pain relief, use only as directed. It's Guy Fieri. And before the game, it's all about the tailgating. Burgers, sausage and peppers, onions, hot wings, you name it. But come game time, if you got yourself a whole bunch of heartburn, roll out the Rolaids. Don't let heartburn keep you from enjoying the things you love. Rolaids gets you back in the action fast. Its dual active formula neutralizes more acid than Tums. For indigestion and heartburn, get rapid relief with Rolaids. R-O-L-A-I-D-S? Now that's how you spell relief. Use as directed. Acid neutralization may not correlate with symptom relief. Hi, this is Paul Reiser, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Every minute you're here, you're not harming someone else. <laughs> 
You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Let's take another call for Dr. Debbie. We have Tony on the phone. Welcome to the show, Tony. Hi. What's going on? Uh, I'm calling because my daughter had originally two dachshunds, and then uh, she had a litter of five. Then went on to have, and she kept them. Then she went and had another litter of five. So she had a total of 12, only gave one away because she doesn't have the heart to give any of them away. She, she doesn't know. have the heart to give them away? Okay. No, she loves them dearly. And uh, I don't know. She said that um, she, when she was younger, I had given away her dog, and she was very heartbroken. So. She so let me she get this straight. You have eleven dogs, or her daughter? Your daughter has eleven dogs. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So the first thing I would say is the benefits of spaying and neutering here. I cannot stress enough that we need to intervene and to get some help for for her household because there is no reason to have repeated breedings um, just for the experience or because she loves dogs. Um, you know, we have to make sure no, we have re- She didn't want that to happen. Well, it's going to happen. Dogs do that. (laughs) They will reproduce when given the option and the opportunity. It is our job as their human caretakers to make sure that doesn't happen. So we need to take those steps. So whether you have to walk her in to a veterinary office and help get her that help that she needs in making that connection and to make that determination. Um, you know, Now, some people might be able to keep 11 dogs and to care for them appropriately, but my general feeling is that that is too many dogs for one household um, unless you have support. Now, Octomom and, you know, all those people who have multiple births can attest that you need help to take care of that many beings, whether they're human or animal. So that would be yeah. my concern. So, um, yeah, yeah, we need she to... Does, uh, have some, you know, she can't, she has people come in, but uh, I'm still totally against it, and I, I can't seem to, you know, talk her into giving any away. In the meantime, not to mention the cost, and, um, you know, I tell her it's selfish because there isn't any way that you could give enough attention to all those dogs either, besides, exactly. you know, amongst many other things. But um, would you say, well, the male should be all neutered or... Absolutely. That is the, probably the easiest place to start, is to get those boys taken care of. Now... Rather than the, the females, right. Well, I mean, that's usually an easier fix, if you will, uh, for many households. So that would be one thing to do. Now, the thing that I think we need to really talk about is that you've mentioned that, you know, these dogs may not be getting the care that they need. Now, dogs are social creatures, and they really do thrive on interactions with people. And it is pretty difficult, if not impossible, for one person to provide that level of closeness and that social bonding that a dog needs to be really you know, happy and to thrive in their environment. So that would be one big selling point that I would say for her. But I will be honest with you. I think we need to get some help for your daughter in the human healthcare field. 
um, because this has tones to me of a possible hoarding situation. And the situation in that veterinary and human health care person to help her out and to see, because as if I were face-to-face with her, you know, we could say, okay, why isn't your dog spayed or neutered? Let's go through this. What are the risks? What are the risks of having 11 dogs in the house, not alone fights, infectious disease, parasite control, all of these things, social um, situations just due to overcrowding, all of these things play a role. Whether we want to look at them and recognize them right. or not, they will be there. Right. Uh, parasites is something I also read that the owners, the humans, can contract them from their pets. Absolutely. It is is totally possible. So, it, it, And that's why there's communities that have animal ordinances. There are regulations. So you don't have 25, 40 dogs because it's hard to meet their needs and it can be a human health care risk. So, yeah, that, I mean, I think... Yeah. Um, we really need to not worry about hurting her feelings. We really need to worry about getting those pets out of there and then hopefully getting the help that she needs to recognize this behavior and, um, you know, hopefully turn that around there. Good luck with that. We appreciate your call today and and wish you all the best of luck. It's a tough situation you have to deal with there, but I I know you're going to do the right thing. Yes, I really thank you for your help, and I'm going to... You know, try to resolve this, hopefully. Let us know okay, how it goes. Okay. one 405 This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by Stella and Chewy's. Check out their brand new intro pack, the Stella and Chewy's Chicken Dinner, Simply Venison, Stella's Super Beef, and Duck Duck Goose, all three ninety nine, And then the Phenomenal Pheasant for four ninety nine. These intro packs available where Stella and Chewy's are sold. You can find out what flavor your dog loves. Just like Ladybug the Studio Stunt Dog did. Hey, guys, thanks for sponsoring Animal Radio. We love you, Stella and Chewies. Vinnie Penn coming at you, your resident party animal on Animal Radio. Can I ask you a question? Why is it that your goldfish always die when you go on vacation? Now, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You've taken care of them all year. You're six, and you've managed to keep them alive for the past year, and yet you go away for a week and come back, A, either to the sob story of the year from some relative you never see or friend of your mother's who was given the job of feeding the bat, or B, to a fish that doesn't look remotely like Pokemon. The fish that you uh, left a week before. As a sidebar, that's something right there. If you are going to care for your friend or family member's child's fish, take a look at them. You know, if you're going to so choose to starve him for a week and just figure on replacing him because you're a cold, callous person like that, and mom has overlooked that fact during the hiring process, you can still take a look at him so you know what you're replacing him with. Nothing worse for a six-year-old to come back to find his goldfish and you've replaced him with a piranha. So, yes, please, repl- if you're going to murder the goldfish, replace it with a goldfish. Isn't that a crazy concept? But I don't know what it is if the, if the, every time you're, oh, the, the fish died, we think Grammy overfed him. Well, I can see that. Grammy overfeeds me every time I stay with her. I didn't know you could really die from that. That's always the excuse, that your goldfish was overfed. Now, this comes from a real place. When I was six, seven years old, I had two goldfish, Cheech and Chong. When I came back, there was just one big, fat fish in the tank. Not two, one big, fat, clearly 
different fish, in which my brother, of course, uh, in a continuing effort to torment me, informed me that Cheech had eaten Chong. But I still didn't buy it, since it wasn't even the same color. It took years to unravel the mystery. All of us have that long-standing pet incident from our youth that has taken years to uncover what's going on. And that was my, it took years finally for my mother's best friend, Lenny, to say, look, the, the, the fish died. I didn't know what to do. I had missed the day. I just went and bought you a new fish. Wasn't that nice of me? The classic, uh, well, what about me? You know, I felt terrible. Here you were, my best friend's son, and I killed your fish. What about me? And you're sitting there like, I don't know. What about Cheech and Chong? <laughs> I'm Vinny Pad, Party Animal, Animal Radio. It's time for your Sweet Scoop Minute with Doc Halligan. Let's talk about environment enrichment. Now, domesticated cats need to feel stimulated to have a quality life and prevent boredom. Because if they're left alone and bored, their natural instincts to hunt, explore, play, or socialize are rarely engaged. Zoologists have developed ways to stimulate captive animals, and you have to do the same for your cat. You can make this happen by encouraging new activities and augmenting the home environment. Think about investing in a kitty condo. You know, cats like to climb, jump. Cat trees provide the perfect platform for their natural, athletic, as well as acrobatic abilities. Plus, it's very entertaining. There are also great cat toys available for all kinds of activities, such as batting, stalking, pouncing, and interactive play. Some of these toys have catnip in them, which can really add to your cat's enjoyment. There are kitty teaser toys that stimulate the natural prey drive, feather toys, wind-up toys, and laser pointers that offer cats a chance to chase. The list is just endless, so you really want to invest in a few. Find out what your cat likes, and you have to play with your cat at least two 15-minute sessions a day. Of course, the best way to prevent boredom is to interact with your cat and spend time playing, grooming, petting, and just plain old loving it. This was a Sweet Scoop Minute with Doc Halligan. Sweet Scoop clumping litter stops odors instantly, clumps fast and firm, and tracks less. Learn more at www.sweetscoop.com. Looking for a natural solution to litter box odors? Try Sweet Scoop, the natural clumping litter that stops odors instantly, clumps fast and firm, and tracks less around the house. Unlike clay litters that are mined and never decompose, it's chemical-free and 100% biodegradable. Sweet Scoop lasts longer than other clumping litters, and thanks to their patented process, Sweet Scoop works continuously to neutralize litter box odors, no matter how many cats you own. Learn more at www.sweetscoop.com. We've talked about Stella and Chewy's family of freeze-dried and frozen dinners for dogs. Now we're pleased to share two new exotic dinner additions, Simply Venison and Absolutely Rabbit. Both are made with 90% single-source protein and enhanced with organic fruits and vegetables. Each are fortified with vitamins, minerals, and probiotics to be 100% complete and balanced. Stella and Chewy's, the official food of Ladybug, Animal Radio Studio Stunt Dog. Only the good stuff. For more information, go to Stella and Chewy's. 
Need a vacation, but it's just not in the budget? Well, thanks to our biggest sale of the year, spend six days, five nights, all-inclusive at the fabulous Via del Palmar Resort in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. All the sand and sunshine with meals and cocktails included for just $3.99. Just $3.99 per couple, not per person, plus two kids. Stay free. This is paradise. Crystal blue water, beautiful beaches, amazing amenities. You and the kids, meals and cocktails included, all just $3.99. Save over $1,200. Visit Cabo399.com or call right now, 888-475-9098. That's 888-475-9098. At this price, the sale won't last long. Call 888-475-9098. Special terms and conditions apply. Visit Cabo399.com and travel anytime in the next 12 months. Call right now, 888-475-9098. That's 888-475-9098. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies with thousands of quality products at low prices every day so you save on every order. Visit fosterandsmith.com. I'm Stacy Cohen for Animal Radio. Pigs were rallying outside the Italian parliament. They all got together because farmers are upset about so-called fake salami that isn't made in Italy. The farmers brought the pigs to the city as an act of protest. Italian farmers paraded small little pink pigs outside of Parliament, declaring they were being driven to ruin by hams and salami that were sold as made in Italy, but actually produced elsewhere. The agriculture sector has long been in decline in the Eurozone's third largest economy. Farmers say it's undermined by counterfeit products and low-quality foreign food that's merely processed in Italy. The farmers were urging passerbys to adopt one of the pigs. The group says the meat production industry provides about 105,000 jobs in an economy where unemployment's at a record high. So they've launched a campaign to encourage Italians to buy national products. Dozens of whales have been stranded in shallow water in Florida's Everglades National Park, and they finally have moved to deeper water. They seem to be um, diving well and breathing well. Which are all, which are all really good things, and they're headed in the right direction. Liz Strafford with NOAA and other wildlife officials are cautiously optimistic that the remaining whales will find their way to deep open water after nearly a dozen died in the mass stranding. Scientists monitoring them say whales stay together so the move toward deeper water could actually help their chance for survival. Well, a chef in China's on the mend after he was poisoned while preparing a meal of snake meat. Everybody's favorite. According to China Daily, he was cutting the head off a cobra at a restaurant in southern China when the snake's venom hit him in the face. Can you imagine that? It like if you were at Benihana's and they start chopping up this snake meat or whatever. I guess Benihana's just serves fish, not snake meat. At least here in the U.S. Doctors later explained that the venom can enter somebody's bloodstream through the eyes or through cuts, which explains why the chef's eyes immediately started hurting and his lower jaw began to swell. He was rushed to a nearby hospital where doctors were able to save him with timely treatment. The skeleton of a diplodocus, you know, those uh, those big dinosaurs that roamed what is now the United States some 160 million years ago. Well, it was found, and it was sold for 400,000 pounds. That's equivalent to $651,100 of U.S. money. They sold it to an unidentified public institution at an auction in Britain, as the dinosaur was nicknamed uh, Misty. 
It's later going to be put on display. The auctioneer said it was found by the teenage sons of a German dinosaur hunter in a Dana quarry in Wyoming. That's in the western U.S., as you know. The auctioneer's Summer's Place auction declined to disclose any details about the buyer who wanted to stay anonymous. Finding a reasonably complete diplodocus of this size is pretty rare. A natural history expert and curator of the sale said they're only ever found by luck. Luck have it, they found a dinosaur. I'm Stacy Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at animalradio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies. Visit fosterandsmith.com for pet supplies selected by veterinarians with 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Doctors Foster and Smith, your trusted source for quality, affordable pet supplies. Veterinarian owned, with veterinary expertise behind every product. Doctors Foster and Smith has thousands of name brand pet products, including pet medications, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day, so you save on every order, with free shipping on orders $49 or more. Fast service delivered right to your door. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. What dog food is specifically designed to reduce the risk of cancer, settle digestive upsets, reduce scratching and shedding? Canine caviar. What dog food reduces red tear stains and hot spots? Canine caviar. What dog food has probiotics that reduce the chance of soft stools and have a higher calorie count for better nutrient absorption? Canine caviar. So what are you feeding your dog? If you didn't answer Canine Caviar, visit CanineCaviar.com today and get your pet started on a longer, healthier life. I just sneaked into my kids' rooms and took temperatures while they're sleeping, thanks to my Exergen thermometer. All I did was swipe their foreheads for a few seconds. It didn't even wake them up. My sister, the nurse, told us about the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer, and it's the best. Real value for the money and truly a lifesaver. Now I don't have to deal with ears or rears, if you know what I mean. I'm Dr. Frank Pompey, founder of Exergen. Thousands of hospitals and clinics rely on temporal scanners. I'm confident you will, too. The Exergen Temporal Scanner. Pick one up at Costco and other fine retailers or visit us at exergen.com. Shaquille O'Neal for Icy Hot. If you've got pain, you need the patch. The Icy Hot Patch. Powerful, targeted, fast-acting pain relief that stays put without the mess. Icy to dull the pain, hot to relax it away. In a variety of sizes, from back, shoulders, knees, even arthritis. So you're covered whenever and wherever you hurt. Stop pain right at the source with Icy Hot Patches. Pain's no match for the Icy Hot Patch. For temporary topical pain relief, use only as directed. Hi, I'm Ed Asner, you're on Animal Radio. Spay or neuter your animals, you dummies. <laughs> it's Animal Radio, my friend, toll free. one 405 to the Dream Team, Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical questions. Your dog questions with dog trainer Alan Cable. Dog father Joey Volani with your grooming questions. And, you know, a couple of weeks back, Stacy was talking about putting dogs into schools. Uh, schools like, uh, well, for instance, after the Sandy Hook tragedy, you think about, uh, do they put metal detectors in? What are the best ways to protect the kids? And this guy, Mark Gomer, you train dogs to go into schools. Tell, tell us how, what you're involved with and how you play into this. Well, after the uh, the Sandy Hook shooting, uh, my son and I were talking. I've been training dogs for the last 20 years in Cincinnati, and uh, we were talking about, you know, how that could 
could have changed the whole situation there. Uh, yep. We know what we can do with these dogs and what they're able to do. So we went to uh, Oak Hill School District here in Cincinnati, and that's where my kids go. And um, they loved the idea. So we uh, we jumped on it right away, got a dog ready for Oak Hills, and, uh, and everything's been going great you know, ever since. Well, I guess the first thing that comes to mind, especially in an incident like Sandy Hook, why wouldn't the dog be just as, as much danger as any of the kids? Why couldn't the gunmen shoot the dog? Well, I mean, that's always a possibility, but these dogs are fast. They're, uh, they're not that big, you know, dogs. We use the, uh, the Dutch Shepherds and the Belgian Malinois, but they're fast, they're agile. Uh, in a situation like that, there's going to be a lot of chaos. I don't think that 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 shooter is going to necessarily be focused uh, automatically in on the dog. It is the dog's job to, you know, create an obstacle, you know, to create a problem for the shooter. Um, but uh, these dogs have been put through that situation with the shooter over and over again in training. Is the dog been trained really to detect firearms, or has it been trained to deal with incidences like after the firearms have already entered the school? What these dogs are trained to do is uh, search for drugs and firearms and lockers, backpacks, book bags, that kind of thing on a daily basis. And then if anybody were to come in there shooting, uh, you know, they're, they've been put through that situation over and over again. They know who they're supposed to take out. So how many dogs do you have at a school at one time, and are they there through the entire school day? Well, these schools are actually purchasing the dogs. So the dog oh, wow. is part of the staff now you know, at the school. So they're they're there all day long, all week long. You know, when I was a kid, I was really afraid of dogs. And <laughs> I'm actually thinking this would have been a real distraction for me in school. Well, uh, schools, especially high schools, they're no stranger to having dogs in there for the handicap. Um, Oak Hills also has a seeing eye dog for a, a girl there that's blind. So, you know, they get used to it. Uh, everybody at the school loves Atticus. He's kind of like a celebrity there now, but uh, you know, after after a couple weeks, you know, things calm down, and, and he's just kind of a normal fixture there at the school. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Are there any kids so, that are allergic to dogs? What happens in that instance? Well, we get asked that question a lot. Uh, we haven't run into any problems at Oak Hills. Uh, if there ever was a situation like that, we would know which students and which areas to stay away from. You know, it's funny. You're doing exactly what I thought should be done many, many, many years ago. And, you know, people are so reluctant to uh, having dogs in public places, restaurants, buildings, offices, things like that, and it's starting to change. But who manages the dog? Who's the person responsible for his care and uh, for managing him, you know, in, in the school? There, There's two people up at Oak Hills that manage Atticus. Atticus is the dog up there. Uh, the principal, uh, he goes home with the principal, so he actually lives with Beautiful. the principal's family, goes to work with them every day. And there's a That's gentleman cool. there that was already a hall monitor that took over the position to handle Atticus. So there's two main handlers up there. Nobody's going to protect you better than than a dog. Nope. I mean, if you really think about it, they, it's, it's probably the best form of protection um, that they can ask for it. Let me lay it out the way I see it, and maybe you can edify this for me. You're a for-profit business, not a non-profit. You make your money doing this. And you had mentioned earlier that you charge the schools for this. And I know that it costs at least $10,000 to train these dogs, somewhere, sometimes upwards of $15,000. 
we already have a real taxed schooling system where, where teachers are being laid off. There are so many kids per teacher, you really don't learn anything anymore. What I want to know is where are they going to find the money and the dollars to bring these dogs in, and how much does it cost? Well, this is to do this right, and you gotta you got to realize this is a brand new thing. I mean, it's, uh, you know, we've had police dogs, you know, we know what they do, we have seeing eye dogs, we have, you know, a lot of different types of jobs. But this is a very special job. These dogs have to be extremely socialized, stable. They have to be able to do the bite work but still love people. Um, they have to be conditioned to the school settings, bells, uh, marching bands, you know, things like that. It's a two-year process. Um, for that two-year process, and these dogs should be able to work for the next eight years, you know, at, at the school. So when you break it down, it's very inexpensive compared to the uh, the other options. They can't even come close to this. But uh, fifty thousand dollars is, you know, the what we're charging the school to get this done. Wow. Yeah, um, that, and for teachers, that's think, actually like a couple of salaries. Well, it's, I mean, no. it's a one-year salary, really, you know. Yeah. And, and if you were going to hire uh, an armed guard, I mean, you're going to pay that armed guard $78,000 sure. per year, and that's every year. And that's still not what this dog can do. This dog can search the whole premises every day. And see, these students uh, up at Oak Hills, they see this dog actually searching their lockers, their backpacks, their book bags <laughs> uh-huh. every single day, you know. So uh, even... And I'm all about the police dogs out there, but even a police dog, I mean, they they might show up once or twice a year. Right. Well, these students know that, and they know, well, if that dog just showed up, it's probably going to be another few months at least that they have to you know, do what they want to do before they got to worry about it again. This dog's there every single day. Let's give out the website. It's schoolprotectiondogs.com, schoolprotectiondogs.com, and uh, you can learn more about that. Now, if someone wants to get dogs into their school, what is the process they have to go through? Well, the process they go through is to, to contact me, and there is a, a number, you know, on that website. They would just contact me. We would have uh, some conversations first about everything that's going on. We would try to get out there as quickly as possible to do a demonstration with one of the dogs uh, for the school board uh, and the superintendent, you know, people that would be making the decisions. And then hopefully soon after that, they would be able to raise the funds, which back to the other question, these schools are getting very creative as far as uh, raising the funds for these. Um, there's, there's fundraisers, there's there's grants out there. I think that the school should be one of the safest places in the world for these kids to be, and right now it's the opposite. You bet. Boy, they never had metal detectors when I was a kid. Whole different world. Yeah. Mark, thanks so much for your time today. Once again, the website, schoolprotectiondogs.com, and we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. Let's head back to the phones. What do you think? one 405 The guy's genius. He's going to he's gonna be so rich. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one 405 This portion of Animal Radio... With a deal you can't refuse. $10 off FlexRx. Because, you know, just like people as dogs get older, arthritis is the most common problem they face. FlexRx doesn't just mask those symptoms. It restores natural joint function. FlexRx available at Pet Supplies Plus and get that $10 coupon over at AnimalRadio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the dog father. 
Oh, I'll tell you, I'm shot after these freaking um, holidays. I know. You look hungover still. I think I am. I want to talk about everyone now who has purchased um, wares for their pets, sweaters, coats, um, any type of apparel that actually goes on, um, you know, like, like a sweater or a coat would, okay? You're listening, And Judy? what's happening? I'm listening. Okay. Well, you know what? Ladybug is really is going to be one of the, the dogs, um, the breeds that are the exception to the rule because... The long-haired dogs, the oh. Shih Tzus, the Maltese's and all, in about a couple weeks, they're going to come in knotted to the point where they're going to have to be clipped down. And it's mainly because of the apparel. People put them on, they take them off, they put them on, they take them off, they cause static, hair twist, hair bends. Um, wow. It just keeps knotting up. And if you're not real diligent about brushing your pet out, you're going to have a problem. But there's a, 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 it's not a fix, but it'll, it'll alleviate a lot of the problem. You gotta reduce the static, because, and especially in homes where you got forced hot air, where it's dry, and, um, the, um, sweaters are gonna pick up all that static and, and twist that, that hair and knot it up. Just go out and get yourself a little, um, downy wrinkle release, it's called. Now, wrinkle release is mainly for clothes, but what it is, it's a great, great anti-static. You can even use static guard. Um, spray well, it is, on the it's coat. A spray, huh? It's, it's a spray, spray right on them? Wow. wow. Spray right on the, not on the dog. Oh, okay. Spray it on the apparel. Spray it on, uh, spray it on the coat. Okay. Okay, be, right before you put it on. And when you take it off, you're not going to have any static, so it's not going to keep twisting the hair. Now, if you're not really good about combing or brushing the hair, just use your hand and, 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 and just brush it down with your hand so it's not st- sticking up. Because what happens is when the coat sticks up, it's going to eventually start twisting and start causing knots. So just push it down. Push it down with your, with your hand, and um, you shouldn't have any problems. But when you build up that, once you build up that static, you can push it down all you want. And the only thing the hair is going to do is follow your hand, okay? from side to side like a magic trick. So what we want to do is get rid of the static. Get rid of the static, and then you can use the all the apparel you want. You can put hats, coats, um, sweaters, socks, mm, hats. whatever you want to put on your pet, and you'll have um, a lot less chance of knots and mats. i got to say wow. all of the uh, apparel that you had during the holidays for Ladybug, mm-hmm. very appropriate. No. Yeah, Ladybug my, my... had her little Santa hat. Yeah, she did. And her little jingle bell collar. No, we do. We, 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 we dress them up. Do you dress Miles up? Yeah, Miles, Buster, um, really just Miles and Buster. Peanut and Simon don't like it so much. Miles and Buster love it. Absolutely <laughs> love it. My dog wouldn't let me do it. I mean, you know, he's a dog. I mean, you know, come on. He's a dog. So is mine. She's a dog. <laughs> that's not a dog. That's a that's a lap puppet. That's what I call it. That's lap a lap puppet. puppet. <laughs> yes. I mean, you you know, you, you don't see John Wayne movies. John doesn't have a little peanut dog, and you know, Kurt Douglas didn't have a peanut dog. Yeah, and John Wayne's dog wasn't neutered either. She I'm going to tell you something. He wouldn't about John Wayne's manhood. Okay. Hood. Yes. Did you ever go? Okay. Did you ever go to to um the Chinese theater where where they get everyone's footprints? Yes. Yeah. Well, it looks like his footprint is like a size 7, so. (laughs) You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. And let's take a call for Dr. Debbie. We have Jan. Hey, Jan, welcome to the show. Hi. How are you? What's going on with your animals? I'm doing okay, but I have a couple of problem children. Uh, one is an eight-year-old male. All my animals are fixed and Male, male what? What kind of critter? Uh, cat. Sorry. <laughs> Kitty, all right. I have lots of kitties. 
uh, four at present, and that's probably the top number we'll keep with for a while. Uh, Jackie is an eight-year-old male, neutered, and we recently took in a cat that was left behind. The people moved out and left her, and she was freezing to death. So we've brought her in, and she is fixed, declawed as well, and probably four years old, as far as the vet can tell. Okay. Uh, the other two cats is, is pretty much gotten used to her. She's getting used to them. Jackie is actually stalking her and attacks, and not in a nice way. He is vicious. Okay. I've never seen this kind of behavior with him at all. Okay. So when he attacks her, does is there fur flying? Is there actually a physical alteration altercation, or is it more vocal? He he's silent. He just goes for the attack, and they are going at it, hammer and tongs, trying to kill each other by the looks of it. But they're not making any noise, though? Oh, yeah. When they're engaging okay. in the fight, they're, they're rah, 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 okay. you know, <laughs> getting loud and rowdy. Okay. All righty. And then when after they fight, get done fighting, what's going on? What, what do the kitties do? She usually runs down to the basement where she hides. And she jumps through a hole that goes underneath the house, and she hides there for a while and comes out after a while. Okay. okay. All right. Oh well. Yeah. This is ugly. this is a lot of fun. Now you said you have other kitties, so you have four cats right now, correct? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, this might be a little bit more simplistic answer if we only had two kitties in the home. But in in all honesty, you might not have the same problem when we only have two kitties in the home. Because when we add more cat personalities into the house, that's when we can have more opportunity for these inner cat social issues. Um, wow. So if we're at one cat, two cats, sometimes thir- third cat, we'll see something tipping the balance of things, adding in a fourth cat, and more and more, you have a greater risk of this kind of thing happening. Now, it is possible that these two cats have something between them that we may not be able to help. So it's it's very similar to uh, having a college friend that you share an apartment with that you just can't get along with no matter how hard you try. So in some cases, I always keep that in the back of my mind that you can't ask a cat to behave like a non-cat. So they're not dogs. So there's sometimes these personality things we just can't get to work out. But from what you're saying... um, with an aggressor cat, when there is actually a physical aggression towards another cat, and the other cat is anxious, nervous, fearful, um, there's some different steps that we can try. Now, the, the first thing to recognize is that sometimes the fearful behavior can actually make the aggressor attack. So a yeah. cat that cowers or hisses in the response to it, uh, impending attack actually can trigger that. So in a lot of cases, we'll work on focusing on the aggressor, um, but sometimes we'll kind of switch the balance and go the other direction. Um, so generally, my recommendation is to, to really kind of limit these two kitties' interactions, if at all yeah. possible. Um, because They're you really... Exactly. It's very hard. Cats have a very good memory. They're like elephants, and they're going to recall that, you know, hey, yesterday there was this thing that happened between us. I'm still pissed at you, man. I'm going to take you down. So, yeah. So my guideline is three to five days of kitty timeout in between altercations. But then we really got to do some steps in the meantime. So so some of the things that we might do, one of the simplest things I would do is see about getting a a breakaway collar with a bell on uh, Jackie. 
And that can help the more passive kitty to know when he's coming and to take little retreat steps if necessary. Um, uh-huh. Very important because if, if her personality is such that she doesn't really want to have a lot of interactions with him, we're not going to make her. So the safest thing is to give her that opportunity to kind of get out of the way. Um, and then uh, certainly I'm a fan of pheromones, those natural scent hormones that can have a calming behavior. Um, that benefits everybody in this situation. Uh-huh. Um, now, I can tell you many- what I've tried so far. Okay. Uh, I have tried Rescue Remedy, mm-hmm. uh, and he was okay with that for a little while, but as soon as it wears off, there he goes, back into action. Okay. Um, taking him to the vet, and we had him on Kitty Prozac, for a couple okay. of months, and that was almost a bigger fight getting him to take that than the fight between the cats. Yeah, oh, golly. I've tried exchanging scented socks. I put a sock in his bed and one where she lays, and then exchange mm-hmm. it so that they're getting mm-hmm. used to each other's scents. And mm-hmm. no, it's not working. I have had cats all my life, and always multiple cats. I have never ever encountered anything like this this is a one-off it's freaky yeah (laughs) and it's very powerful when when it does occur and um yeah i mean it sounds like you've done a lot of the right things and definitely a a good medical workup is always advised if we've got cats that say you've been together for a while and then we have some fighting um if we've got a new introduction at least we've got some trigger point there that we're really working on um, and there are other medications that I will often tap into besides Prozac. Um, sometimes the reality is that uh, I mentioned when we treat the aggressor, what we perceive as the aggressor cat with a medication, it can sometimes help. It can sometimes make things worse. And in some yeah. cases, we'll actually shift gears and medicate the cat with the anxiety. And we might try an alternate medication to help a cat who has an anxiety disorder who's really fearful and help them to kind of be more confident. And sometimes that helps to take their responses of uh, that kind of trigger that cat to to leap and to bound. Um, and, and that can help in that way. So that might be the alternate way that we go along using things. Yeah. But yeah, the, the reality is it sounds like you got a lot of the great ideas. The hard thing is doing a full separation when you've got all those cat personalities in the house. <laughs> <laughs> and and to really be you know faithful because if if we do a separation for kitties it's yeah. you know keep them oh. apart and we only start to put them closer together once there's good things like you know we feed them outside of the doors yeah. If there's any signs, little ears back, swishing tail, or they're chomping on their food too fast, those are signs they're not comfortable with the situation. And I don't like to push that reintroduction any faster. This has been very slow. Well, we wish you the best of luck with that. It sounds like it's a tough problem to deal with. We we know about that. We have a lot of cats here. Fortunately, they all get along. We're counting our blessings here, Jan. Let us know how that turns out. I will. I appreciate it. Thank you for your call today, and thanks for listening to Animal Radio. Thank you. 1-866-405-8405 to connect with any one of the Dream Team right now. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, dog trainer Alan Cable, groomer Joy Villani, communicator Joy Turner, and here are your hosts, Al Abrams and Judy Francis. I've already broke my New Year's resolutions. Already, I, 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 I don't know why I even dare every year. See, I never break mine. 
Because you never, never make? Well, no, I do make one. Do you? Yes. What is it? Not to make one. Ah, oh, that's smart. Uh-huh. You see, Alan, that's why she's in charge. Yes. Yeah, there, there's somebody here with a brain. <laughs> On the show today, Brian Barzak. He is the snake man. He has about 30,000 snakes under his roof. That would be scary for me. But oh, I can't oh, me, imagine. It'd be a me, nightmare. Yes. Let me, let me guess. Yes. He's single. Lots of ladies like snakes. Yeah, he it's kind may of a not turn on. be single. Really? Yeah. yeah. Really? I'll have to introduce really? you to a few of them. <laughs> they, <laughs> they have the, the cobras tattooed on their back. I'm telling you, it's a big... If you're one of these ladies, I want to hear from you right now. You like snakes. You like guys with snakes. one 405 8405. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's much of a calling for that website. The guys with snakes dating website. Before we go back to the phone, Stacy, what are you working on? The world has lost a fat cat. A real fat one, unfortunately. I'll tell you. It was a celebrity. He actually had a treadmill. I'll give you all the details coming up on Animal Radio News. I don't know. So many cats come to mind when I think about that. I don't know. It wasn't that cat we just spoke to recently, was it? We spoke to a cat. The big fat cat? I don't know. Hey, Kevin. Hi. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. What's going on in your world? Um, I have a, a rescue lean burger. Um, um, in case you don't know what they are, they're uh, um, they're an old 170 year old breed. Wow. That was the, do- the first dog that they know that was designed for looks. He's supposed to look like a lion, but they're big. He's full uh, grown 150 pound dog, and when he wants to uh, make noise in the car. Um, and he used to ride really good in the van when we first brought him. And now it seems like he doesn't like being in the van unless we're playing Rubber Soul or whatever from the Beatles. <laughs> and he, he howls. He, he'll start singing or howling and, and, and whining and, and crying and, and trying to get up front to us. And we were wondering how we could calm that down. Well, um, when did the dog start not liking being in the van? What, what, what would you say? Can you remember that day? Um, and we brought him home with the two female Leonbergers from Cheyenne, Wyoming. And then sometime after that, a couple weeks after that, he started wanting to move up to us. Well, so, so the dog is in the van, and every time you go somewhere, the dog just wants to come up front with you. Yeah, basically. And then, and then okay, and I, I have some questions. I have, the dog wants to come up with you, and then what do you do? Well, we used to holler at him to go back, but then we realized that's not working. And so we started playing Rubber Soul from the Beatles. And and so he stays in the back when the song is on, but he howls. Um, no, he, he'll calm down for a little while. He'll calm down a little while then because we he's, turn it He's up. distracted, he so you're distracting him with the music is what you're doing. So what? basically what you have to do is, I don't know when it happened, but the dog is has got some sort of bad association with being in the back of the van, wants to be close to you, wants to be close to the pack. So you have to let the dog know that it's okay to be back there and make it a pleasurable experience. And, and the way to do that is over time. Everything takes time in the dog world. Nothing happens overnight. And the best motivation for a dog, of course is pleasure and pleasure means treats and affection so what i would start doing is i would start taking the dog in the van when it's not going anywhere you're just sitting in the driveway and you're going to take the dog in the van and you're going to give the dog affection in the van and also feed the dog treats in the van and then after about a week or two of doing that maybe once a day for about 15 20 minutes just hanging out in the back of the van you're going to move to the front of the van and let the dog stay in the back and every time the dog comes near you 
you, you have to ignore the dog, and then you have to just sit there. Just sit there. And when the dog decides to, on his own, walk far away from you, gets bored being next to you or trying to get close to you, that's when you say, good dog, downstay, if you've taught the dog to go downstay, and feed the dog a treat. Your next move is to start the van and let the dog run in the driveway while you sit in the front seat, and you give the dog a treat for staying in the correct position in the back of the van where the dog belongs. And the dog will learn that that's a nice spot, that that's a pleasurable spot, that good things happen there. And then you can try taking a short ride, and you're going to go for a ride to a place where the dog's going to have fun. That's another key. So if there's a dog park or a place your dog loves to go or maybe uh, uh, the dog loves to go on walks, the first trip you're going to make after you do all this is to a place where that dog is going to have a great time being with you or with other dogs. So the dog will associate the van and being in the back with nothing but pleasure. And that's how you change behaviors where dogs are anxious or where dogs, uh, you know, they, they, they just are not happy where they are or they're miserable or they're, or they're scared. You have to create a, a positive connection in the dog's brain, a happy connection, a good connection, a good association. Alan, I wanted to chime in for a second because as sure. a, a veterinarian, I have seen dogs that become uh, very phobic about car travel. And a lot of times yes, when we're talking about absolutely. a van, it can be that they're unsecured. Um, so having a dog flopping around in the back of a, a van or an SUV where they're losing their footing, they're slipping, they're injuring themselves, it can be very frightening. So, so are you um, suggesting a crate or something like that? Either a crate or a dog um, seat belt or mm. somewhere where that dog feels secure. Even a yeah, dog crates bed. are good. Crates are a great idea. And that's a great point. And you know, in my experience with dogs in cars, most dogs are smart enough to figure out, you know, that if they don't lay down, they're gonna get they're gonna get tossed around. And you're right, especially in the beginning when they're small, that can create a really scary negative association. So a crate is a great idea until your dog starts to associate the van with, hey, I'm going someplace fun, and hey, this is a great thing because good things happen here. A crate is a great idea. He uh, he's very much into uh, being up in there because see we live in a motor coach and so we we do travel mm. around a little bit. But what I do is I use the back end to have their kennel. I have two dogs and they're very quick to get in there, and I can leave the back door open and they don't leave that kennel. I didn't know you were in a motor home, and, and it sounds like your dog has a little bit, uh, you know, without being there, I don't know, but it, your dog probably has a little bit of separation anxiety, being as though he's not comfortable being away from you. So if he's comfortable in the crate, that's your solution. That's a great solution. And, and what you do is every 10, 15 minutes you visit the dog, uh, you know, while he's in the crate, while you're, you know, riding around in that thing, and you give the dog a treat and a little bit of affection. Unless he's making noise, then you ignore him. But a motor home's a different thing than a van. I was picturing a van with seats in my head oh i have a van and i i i use it as a kennel when we need to have more space to be able to get things done like clean the house or whatever i open up the van tell him to jump in he jumps in i have really good voice control over him that and i've been listening to you guys for the last uh year or so and uh i've picked up on a lot of things that you, i could walk him down the street now without ever leashing him because he'll stay with me Okay, because of you guys learning, you know, what I need to do and how I need to control him and that. So I thought um, I'd call you up because that's the only area that he messes up now is when we're driving down the road. And I have to play rubber soul. That's the way we ignore him. <laughs> how did you discover he likes the Beatles? I mean, that that's... <laughs> 
Well, we like it. And every time when my wife would get tired of hearing him howl, she would slam in that brother's hole and play it, and he just calms right down. And, and I think he likes the stuff my wife likes. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to try the crate deal next and see if we can maybe calm him down some more on the crate. I think that's a good idea. Please drive carefully and be safe. one 405 8405 That is toll-free to our dream team here at Animal Radio. If you're brand new, Alan Cable's our dog trainer. Just call him Kibble. Dog father, Joey Villani. Animal communicator, Joey Turner. Veterinarian, Dr. Debbie. And Stacy Cohn, our news director. We're all here for you. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. For dogs, like people, arthritis is the most common health problem, and joints are stressed even more with increased activity in summer. FlexRx is a new way to safely and effectively treat canine joint health problems. All-natural FlexRx doesn't mask symptoms like other products. It's clinically proven to restore healthy joint function. With FlexRx, your dogs can enjoy an improved quality of life they've earned and deserve. FlexRx is available at Pet Supplies Plus or visit ProLabsPets.com. These days, when I'm in a relationship, I feel like I'm alone. Like there's no one behind the mask. No voice on the other end of the line. Are you looking for a car insurance policy totally devoted to you? At Geico.com, you'll find a sympathetic ear, a shoulder to cry on, butterfly kisses, and easy ways to pay your bill and manage your policy. We're waiting with bated breath to help you save money and talk about your feelings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you hundreds on car insurance. Need a vacation, but it's just not in the budget? Well, thanks to our biggest sale of the year, spend six days, five nights, all-inclusive at the fabulous Via del Palmar Resort in Cancun, Mexico. All the sand and sunshine with meals and cocktails included. Just $2.99. Just $2.99 per couple, not per person, plus two kids stay free. This is paradise. Crystal blue water, beautiful beaches, amazing amenities. You and the kids, meals and cocktails included. All just $2.99. Save over $1,300. Visit Cancun299.com or call right now, 888-475-9303. That's 888-475-9303. At this price, the sale won't last long. Call 888-475-9303. Special terms and conditions apply. Visit Cancun299.com. Travel anytime in the next 12 months. Call right now, 888-475-9303. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. It's Animal Radio, and we'll head back to the phones in just a second at one 405 But I wanted to bring to the airwaves... Brian Barchek, and I forgive me, I pronounced your name wrong before, and I apologize for that. Brian, you are the snake man. You have over 30,000 snakes in your facility, and uh, we've been talking about this all up to right now. We think that you probably have a lot of ladies that, that are hot for you, right? 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, I always give that advice. You know, if the young men want to get some chicks, they just pick up a bunch of snakes right now. I'm not sure that that's the best way to go. But uh, but I will say this. There are some snake groupies out there, so I'm not complaining. See what I was saying, Alan? See? See? Well, well Brian, you got 30,000 30, snakes. Tell us their names. <laughs> uh, well, okay, how long do we have? No. <laughs> you know, ironically enough, I do have a few snakes I name. I don't name everything, obviously, but uh, but I have a snake named Satan. I have a snake named Sunshine. Uh, so so those are my two mascots, and they're the polar opposite. They're the good and evil, for sure. 30,000 snakes, you must be a breeder. You do this for a living, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I started out as a breeder. Uh, I still am. You know, I mean, I, I, now I do a whole bunch of other things, animal-related animal filming and all kinds of other great stuff. But, uh, but yeah, we breed snakes for the pet trade, basically. You know, we breed pet snakes is what I always tell people. And uh, actually, I just clean snake poop for a living. But, uh, but yeah, that's what we do. Well, so I guess there's no spaying and neutering, because I know for cats and dogs, we, we try to discourage the whole going the breeding yeah. route. But for snakes, kind of a yeah. different story, right? Yeah, it really is. I mean, obviously, you know, it's, it's so different because the people that are buying a pet, for, you know, snake probably aren't accidentally going to have a litter of kittens, you know. So it's, it's, it's a very different situation. So uh, uh, although I wouldn't be opposed to, to spade or neutering uh, a snake because that's less competition for me. But, uh, uh, but yeah, at this point, there's more demand than there is supply for sure. What is the most poisonous snake you have there? Well, you know, I actually uh, don't, and I'm going to correct you on something here. It's actually venomous snake, not okay. poisonous, but uh, but I, that's a nitpicky snake thing. I'm, I actually don't uh, eat venomous snakes. Um, I work with them in film projects, and I've done anything from, you know, inland taipans to tiger snakes to king cobras, all kinds of other stuff. But uh, but because we have a staff of about 12 people that, that care for the collection, including myself and the wife, I just don't feel comfortable, you know, putting them in a position where they have to you know, handle something that could potentially kill them. So, so I personally choose not to work with them. So do you Beautiful. ship these snakes all over the world? We do ship all over the world. We ship, you know, literally in every country that allows export, we ship to. Uh, but what's really cool is that in, in this country, in America, uh, you know, they've made it so easy. You can go on my website. You can click on a snake. It gets right to your door the next day, you know, FedEx. So, so it, it truly is snakes <laughs> on a plane. Uh, they come right to your door. They knock on your door and say, hey, here's your little snakes. Are there some snakes that are, say, legal in one area but illegal elsewhere? Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of local municipalities that have different laws. Like, let's say, New York City, for instance, has a, a six-foot constrictor law. So anything that could attain six foot or larger, <laughs> you're not allowed to ship to them. You know, so the majority of our snakes are corn snakes, king snakes, ball pythons, you know, stuff that stays three, four, five foot and are really great pet animals. You make them sound yeah, like they're what, furry, warm, what, fuzzy What makes animals. them great pets? They really are. You know, I mean, over the last 20 years in particular, they become so mainstream. You know, as a matter of fact, I, I've told people one of the amazing things in, on the show America's Got Talent on, on NBC, they actually had a ball python commercial for PetSmart. So that, that was pretty awesome. You know what I mean? So it's really become that mainstream where in primetime TV you see about, hey, come buy the snake as a pet. So were you one of those kids that drove your mom crazy? You probably had the snakes all over your bedroom and all the aquariums. <laughs> matter of fact, I blame my mom for my 30,000 snakes because when I was a kid, I used to go out and collect garter snakes, but she wouldn't let me bring them into the house. So it wasn't until I was 15 years old that I got my very first pet snake that I could keep at home. And, and I told her, if I could have just got it out of my system when I was a kid, maybe I wouldn't be surrounded by thousands of snakes. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking feeding 30,000 snakes. Oh. That's got to be a lot of mice. Yeah, we go through about 250,000 rodents a year, and uh, it, costs, it costs about $200,000 a year just to feed Wow. That, that's a, how many times have you been bit? I've been bit, no I dead serious, I've been bit probably 100,000 plus times. 
Really? You know, it's just wow. Part of daily routine. And, and fortunately, I mean, one of the things I'm really so grateful about is I've never been to the hospital for a bike. There's been a handful of times where, you know, I've taken the super glue out and, and you know, banished myself up a little bit that maybe I could go get a stitch or two. But, uh, but I've been really fortunate. And I've been tagged by, you know, 18 foot pythons, including my big, big girl named Satan. She's bit me four times now. And she's, uh, you know, she's 200 pounds and 18 foot. So, uh, so I uh, battled with her that before. Is love but, right uh, there. but hey, it's all part of it. Well, how many that's, employees that's have love. you been through? <laughs> As you can imagine, I always tell people you can only imagine the colorful crew of people that you know come and interview uh, for a snake job. Uh, I've been through a lot. You know, I mean, probably no more than McDonald's has been, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we go through a lot. But we have a really great crew right now. Most of them have been with me for at least three years, and uh, I'm really blessed to have a, a bunch of great snake freaks around me. Why isn't this a reality show? Why is this not on A and E? Well, you know, it's really funny. We shot a show for History Channel a year and a half ago, um, and you know, so they greenlit a show, and, and, and we shot a pilot, and, and uh, they decided to shelf it at the end. And, and uh, you know, I'm really not 100 percent sure why, but certainly, if you uh, live my life, everyone around me goes, "Oh my gosh, this is absolutely incredibly insane!" And I think we could definitely be the next Duck Dynasty. But hey, you know, that's up to the networks, and that's not up to me. Are you a married man? I am a married man. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. okay. Yeah, I, I would. You know, actually, my wife we've been together now for twenty-five years, and uh, believe it or not, she hated snakes. Well, didn't hate snakes. She was terrified of snakes and wouldn't even come into my bedroom at my mom's house that had snakes in it. Uh, now she, uh, she's you know been working with me for twenty-five years, uh, side by side, taking care of all the snakes. Uh, it's pretty amazing to see the transformation. There wow. you go. Here's your five dollars, Alan. <laughs> And they, they, they put an addition onto the mom's to the bedroom in the mom's house, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's really funny. We uh, you know, we have snakes that we've sold for $125,000. Wow. So it's, it's more like uh, I put an addition onto my house from other, the mother-in-law's apartment. Who, uh, wow. who, who buys a snake for $125,000? Really? You know, we, we, we actually sell to a few different types of people. You know, we sell to people that are going to be, uh, obviously, pet people. You know, $10 to $100 to $300. We sell it to people that are aspiring to be breeders. You know, hey, I'm going to invest this money, and I'm going to try to breed it and sell more. And then, of course, we sell it to celebrities and high-end people. You know, so when a celebrity wants a really cool animal, they, they usually come to a guy like me and say, hey, what can I get? And they want that rare animal that might be twenty or thirty or $50,000. And I find that the rarer the snake, and what I always tell people is I do what I call paint jobs. I mix a little of this into a little of that to make this cool colored animal or cool mm. textured animal. And that's what the, the high-end people really want. Yeah. What celebs have you had there? Well, you know, I deal with a lot of athletes. I, I'll be honest with you, a lot of, probably the most high-profile guys we keep to ourselves. But uh, I can tell you that uh, one of the guys I'll tell you that's pretty open about is Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, oh, really? Is one guy. Uh, you know, Nick Cage used to buy snakes, uh, no longer keeps them, unfortunately. But a lot of athletes. We do a lot of football guys. We do a lot of baseball guys, a, a lot of hockey guys, a lot of TV celebrities as well, and a ton of musicians. I mean, one of my very good friends is Carrie from Slayer. Uh, we sold animals to Slash, you know, from Guns N' Roses, and, and uh, you know, the list goes on and on. Do you ever provide no, is... any snakes for movies? Uh, you know, I don't do much of it. Every now and then I get called in for that, but uh, but it's pretty rare. Those are union snakes anyway. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny. He actually makes a great living, believe it or not, the majority of the time not providing snakes, but getting rid of snakes off the sound lot, off the lot, you know. <laughs> he goes out there and makes great money just collecting rattlesnakes so that the, the actors and, and sound crew don't get bit. Is there any truth to the rumor that 10 of your snakes got together and tried to buy Miley Cyrus? <laughs> well, I don't know. I have no idea. I, I, I think that would uh, <laughs> that'd be a little bit of a stretch. 
There he is, Brian Barczyk. Check out his website, bhbreptiles.com. Thanks for hanging with us, buddy. Oh, it's been great. Have me on any time, guys. We'll uh, link to that over at animalradio.com. We're going to head back to the phone. It's toll-free at one 405 405 Miss Stacy Cohn, what are you working on? You know that feeling you just want to hang out with your dog, you put him in your car or your truck, and you go out and you go, oh, I've got to do this errand, that errand, but I'd like to even sit down and have lunch with my dog. wonder if I can do that. Well, there's an app for that. They'll tell you where you can go and take your dog. I'll tell you about it coming up on Animal Radio News. You should have That's thought of beauty. that. Yeah. You, you know, Hal, I, I really, you should really get a snake. They're wonderful pets, and I've been bitten 100,000 times. <laughs> He makes them sound like they're warm and fuzzy, like you just want to cuddle up in bed with him. Yes, yes, he's could, a lunatic. You could sit he's there and watch TV and have one wrapped around your neck. That's kind of cuddly. See, you're one of those ladies that'll like a guy with snakes, don't yeah. you? Yeah. I can tell. Uh, yeah. You like the bad know. guys. Yeah. yeah. Bad uh, boys with snakes. Bad guys. That's not bad. That's crazy talk. <laughs> Snake talk brought to you by Sweet Scoop. All natural clumping cat litter. Stop litter box odors instantly with Sweet Scoop. It's chemical free and 100% biodegradable. You can learn more over at their website site at sweet scoop that's s-w-h-e-a-t scoop.com and in fact you head over to animalradio.com right now and from the front page you hit the sweet scoop logo and you get three dollars off your first bag wow can i I just tell you a secret yes what's your secret when you uh asked him what celebrities had bought snakes from him i the three that popped into my mind were Leonardo DiCaprio, sure. Johnny Depp, and Nicolas Cage. I am so not surprised. And also Sean Penn. I thought Sean Penn would have a litter. De- no, Dennis Rodman baby. probably tried to buy a snake, but the, the, the Rodman was too weird for the snake. Yeah, snake wouldn't go with him. Looking for a natural solution to litter box odors? Try Sweet Scoop, the natural clumping litter that stops odors instantly, clumps fast and firm, and tracks less around the house. Unlike clay litters that are mined and never decompose, it's chemical-free and 100% biodegradable. Sweet Scoop lasts longer than other clumping litters, and thanks to their patented process, Sweet Scoop works continuously to neutralize litter box odors, no matter how many cats you own. Learn more at www.sweetscoop.com. At Guitar Center's New Year's clearance event, you might think they're selling over 12,000 massively discounted items, from guitars to drums to keyboards to DJ gear and more. You might think they're selling holiday leftovers, closeouts, and floor models. No, what they're really selling is the greatest feeling on earth. They're also selling 2013 Gibson guitars at up to 35% off the regular price. Guitar Center's New Year's clearance event. Get in there. It's going on now. What dog food is specifically designed to reduce the risk of cancer, settle digestive upsets, reduce scratching and shedding? Canine caviar. What dog food reduces red tear stains and hot spots? Canine caviar. What dog food has probiotics that reduce the chance of soft stools and have a higher calorie count for better nutrient absorption? Canine caviar. So what are you feeding your dog? If you didn't answer Canine Caviar, visit CanineCaviar.com today and get your pet started on a longer, healthier life. Fido-Friendly is the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each issue includes hotel and destination reviews, along with health and wellness topics, dog training tips, and the latest fashion trends. Pick up a copy at Barnes & Noble, Hastings, or go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. Fido Friendly is the only magazine dedicated to the travel and lifestyle of man's best friend and the one magazine your dog will thank you for. 
This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Drs. Foster and Smith Pet Supplies with thousands of quality products at low prices every day so you save on every order. Visit fosterandsmith.com. I'm Stacy Cohen for Animal Radio. Ever have a day where you just want to hang with your dog? You know, you want to run errands and go do things, but then you wonder, gosh, can I take my dog there? Well, the Fido Factor, made by the company Appetite, is an app, and it'll let people know which places allow dogs, whether it's a department store, restaurant, bar, just about any place else. In addition, the app will give you specific rules for each place, so you'll know things like the leash rules or the fees you have to pay. And if you find a new location that allows dogs, you can add it to the app's website, FidoFactor.com, and let others know where it is and then write a review so everybody will know if it's really a dog-friendly place or not. You can get reviews of each location, see if it's worth really bringing your dog there, because just because a place says it allows dogs doesn't necessarily mean it's a great place for your dog to be. To find a dog-friendly location, you can either search by business name or the type of location and get things like directions, hours of operation, and the place's phone number. It's kind of like a Surrey for dogs. Fido Factor allows you to take photos of your dog at these locations and then upload them so everybody else can see it. The Cheyenne Mountain Zoo is offering some cold weather discounts. They're trying to get people to come while the temperatures are frigid. It's a pretty good idea. A lot of zoos are doing this. Spokesperson Erica Meyer says it's a great time to visit because there aren't a lot of people around. You can still go inside. You can feed the giraffes. You can go in the elephant barn and see what our elephants are up to. Many of the animals just enjoy being outside even in the winter weather. The discount's two bucks and just by using the password chili at the gate, you can get in. Well, remember Buddha, the obese gray and white cat whose diet and exercise plan made him a viral sensation? Unfortunately, that cat died of congestive heart failure. He was only six years old. The cat inspired people around the world with his jaunts on an underwater treadmill along with a diet plan, and it helped him whittle down to his 31.4-pound weight. Nashville's Cat Shop, which actually helped care for the cat, wrote on its website, It's our hope that Buddha will not have died in vain. We hope that his story inspires owners of obese cats to help him get on a path to a healthier weight. Buddha was dropped off at Animal Control in Nashville in August after his owner died. Realizing the overweight cat's health was at risk, volunteers took Buddha to Cat Shop, where the cat began his weight loss journey. It's kind of like a biggest loser for cats. Video of the cat working out on his special treadmill was shared around the world, and it made Buddha a celebrity. He will be surely missed. Boy, there are some pictures of him. That was a fat cat. Looked kind of like a little cow. I'm Stacy Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at animalradio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies. Visit fosterandsmith.com for pet supplies selected by veterinarians with 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Doctors Foster and Smith, your trusted source for quality, affordable pet supplies. Veterinarian owned with veterinary expertise behind every product. Doctors Foster and Smith has thousands of name brand pet products, including pet medications, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day, so you save on every order with free shipping on orders $49 or more. Fast service delivered right to your door. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Stressful things during the day can keep you awake at night. Instead of sleeping, your mind is still spinning from stress. 
Unisom is the help you need to fall asleep. Unisom sleep tabs are a clinically proven effective OTC sleep aid. You fall asleep 33% faster by easing into your natural sleep cycle. With Unisom, you wake refreshed and ready. Here's your morning traffic report. Unisom. A stressful day deserves a restful night. Use is directed active ingredient oxalamine succinate versus control in a clinical study. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. Call 888-679-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So cancel the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 888-679-MY-TV. Right now, to sign up for packages starting as low as $24.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows. Pause and rewind live TV. Even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $24.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 888-679-MY-TV. That's 888-679-MY-TV. Cancel the cable, cut costs, and get more. Call now, 888-679-MY-TV. That's 888-679-MY-TV. Admit it, you're one of those people. Cat dictates where you sleep in your bed because you don't want to wake him. Yeah, sure, the cat and the dog both sleep exactly where you'd like to sleep. And sure, you get no sleep, but you're not bitter because you love those animals dearly. Yes, you don't dare disturb them. Of course not. It's Animal Radio, one 405 8405 If you're like me, bitter because... I mean, not bitter because... <laughs> The animals can sleep anywhere uh, in your bed. Slip. Then you're listening. Truth to the comes out here, Hal. It right comes radio out now. show. <laughs> yes. Hi, Brian. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm just laughing at that because yeah, my cat dictates where I sleep when I go home. Well, you you'll be like a pretzel, won't you, in bed? Round your cat, won't you? Oh yeah, and I'm always reminded when I was younger, I heard a story about Buddha. And how he was late for a meeting because he wouldn't disturb a cat that was sleeping on his robe. So he had an ace cut the robe around the cat. Oh, my God. Oh, I love it. That's a great story. Look that one up, Guido. I want to share that with the kids. How can we help you today, Brian? Well, I had called a while ago about uh, my cat. And uh, the thing is, I drive a truck for a living. And you guys were really awesome. You actually sent a book to my ex-girlfriend, who my cat is living with. Oh. Um, cool. And it's been really helpful to her. And she really appreciates it. You know, and understanding cats, because she's never been around any. So that was really great. Good. Well, great. Um, but my question is this. I drive a truck for a living, and my cat's an older cat, and she hates to be in any vehicle, and I just don't want to put her through the trauma of getting used to being in the truck. So mm. I was thinking of getting mm-hmm. a kitten, but I was wondering if there was any advice you had on getting a cat used to riding in a truck. Mm. Oh, sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, part of that is actually going to become part of your kitten training, and we kind of you know, scratch our head. We don't really train kittens, do we? Um, dogs, we do cr- uh, train as puppies, but kittens, you basically are going to make her sensitized to this kind of travel. So litter box habits, ugh, that comes easy. You don't have to train that. But what we'll do for training uh, for travel is we're going to start very simple. We're going to start first off with. Um, now I got to ask you first of all, do you want her having? free room of the cab or are you going to actually have her in kind of a confined little area 
nope, nope, free, free roam. You know, the old thing, you know, dogs have owners, cats have a staff, and okay. I've always, the cat gets free roam, and he runs, <laughs> she'll run the truck, pretty much. <laughs> well, basically, we're going to actually, it helps if we have a home base that we can acclimate her to. So if you have a cat bed that we can get her used to, we're going to try to ask her to try to get comfortable in that when we start training her for the car. So basically, that will be her favorite spot. You're going to treat her there. You're going to give her yummies. You're going to give her love in that place. And then you're going to take that with you into the cab. And you might start even with a smaller vehicle, so uh, it's easier to just do short little bouts. But basically, we're going to do just starting up the engine, getting it warm, making the sounds, and maybe just driving just a little bit, going forward and back, and that's it. We treat, we reward during that, and that's our exposure. We build up on that positive experience. Because it's a short trip, it's not likely to be scary for her. And because you're there and you're giving her yummies, it's going to be a good association. So you're going to have to gradually build up to that from just kind of going into the vehicle to going a little bit further to making short little trips or errands. So that's how we basically build up to a cat that is going to like to travel. And um, the other thing that really helps is that if you're picking out a kitten, we're going to look for one that's, you know, we kind of talk about this every week, it seems, the cat dog. You're going to look for one that's a little bit more laid back, that's not as um, apt to startle with uh, sounds or um, un- uncertain things. Having a personality for travel helps tremendously. We could only train so far. So we want to make sure that we kind of work on both picking the right kind of kitty and um, gradual uh, exposure to the, the travel experience. So, so laid back is like an indicator of a personality that will enjoy the travel and all that? Mostly what it what it indicates is that we'll be less apt to be startled by other vehicles flying by, uh, horns, noises, things that we don't think about as we're traveling, but can be very right. scary for a pet that's not exposed to that. And actually, that's probably step two of your training for travel, is that we want low-level noises that you're going to experience on the road, and the kitty's going to be exposed to, and we want to make that something that becomes part of the training, too. So you know, okay. simply having an audio tape of some of these things, and while you're just practicing these uh, short little travel bouts, having that playing and having it being non-scary, because uh, you know some pets really get freaked out when those other big rigs go flying by. Oh yeah, so, um, yeah. Okay, excellent. So, well, I really appreciate your help and advice. You guys have been oh, my great. pleasure. I, I learn everything every week when, when I listen. I know. I listen every week, and I just, it's amazing. It's, uh, <laughs> if I miss a week, I just feel totally out of the loop. That's what I Well, you know, my, my ex-girlfriend, I had a real quick story if I can. Uh, yes. Last time I was home to visit, she has a Pomeranian mm-hmm. um, that I call Rat Dog. Um, and <laughs> she, she told me, that she says, you need to talk to your friends on animal radio because they would not like what you do to her. Oh, well, what do you... What do you do? Well, well, years when when we first got together, I mean, she had hardwood floors, and of course, you got to wing the Pomeranian across the hardwood floors. And uh, we would, I would set up her toys like a little bowling thing, and I call it Pomeranian bowling. Sure. <laughs> and when I come over now to visit my cat, when I go through Columbus, her dog will bring her toys out and set them up. Oh. 
Uh, well, there's actually a Pomeranian bowling league. So that, uh, well, I, was, I was thinking of getting into one, you know. <laughs> okay, we're but just joking, ladies much. and gentlemen. I just want to point it out right Don't now. Don't do this joking. at home. Yes. Again, thanks a lot. I Brian, really appreciate you guys and the help. Thank you for calling. one 405 8405 to talk to any one of the gang. And I want, I want, and I Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is, Animal Radio fans. It's Vinny Penn coming at you with another Party Animal segment. That's right. Sometimes I just opened with a question here on the Party Animal segment, and that's what I'm going to do this time, and you could perhaps, if you'd like to uh, display your comedic chops, email me at Vinny at AnimalRadio.com. Why are there some people out there who own both a cat and goldfish? I don't understand what that is. Do they do they want to actually view a goldfish nervous breakdown? Is this something they want to see? They're amused by it. Hey, look, yesterday it looked at look the way it's trembling. Nose we're leaving. They jingle jangle the keys in front of them. We're about to leave. We're leaving you alone with Sabretooth over there. That's right, another nine hours. Look at him shake. Look at the fish shake. Isn't it hilarious? I've never understood homes that have both a cat and an aquarium. Did they miss Tom and Jerry growing up? Was that not on? They were watching Heckle and Jekyll. They were a Scooby-Doo family. I don't know. Do they even know that the second they leave? The worst thing about the, these house cats, too, is they don't just immediately run up. If you put a camera, if you rigged your video camera to film the house while you were at work, house cats don't just immediately at five after nine, the second you leave, the second you get in your your Honda to go to work, they don't immediately pounce on the tank. They toy with those two tiny little goldfish, man. That cat's moving slow across the room and he's looking and he's licking his chops. Yeah. And then, boom, he's right in front of them. And then maybe he'll back off. I don't know. Maybe I'll eat you. Maybe I won't. And then it's bobbing for apples until 5 o'clock. Why do people have both a cat and an aquarium? That is this week's question on Party Animal. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Let's head back to the phones at one 405 8405 And Leanne, how are you doing, Leanne? Good, how are you? I'm a little cold. But you're on the other side of the phone and <laughs> you won't get it. Okay. <laughs> this is Dr. Debbie here. Can I help you? Because he surely can't. <laughs> okay, yes. I had a question. I have a cat that I've had for four years. And she is continually, like, clawing me. She doesn't really, like, like me and... She likes my husband, but she won't really have much to do with me. Okay. I mean, I have scars all over me where she's, she'll just all of a sudden run up and claw me and take off running. Is there any difference in how he interacts with her as far as, you know, who feeds her? Who is anyone handling her, picking her up? No, I do everything. I feed her. He, he works out of town. Okay. And, and she's, she'll jump up with him and let him pet her all over. And she'll even come to me and let me pet her like twice, and then she'll just claw me and run off. All right. Well, the, the, some kitties um, are kind of what I would call aloof in general, and then some can be downright aggressive at times. And, and some of this w- will fall back to individual personalities. And for many cats that are this way, the first thing I'll ask people is, how do you feel about another cat? 
one with a similar personality. Because the worst thing you could do is bring in a very laid-back, low-key cat into the situation. But in many times, cats will act out with this kind of behavior when they're bored, they're looking for attention, they get you to yell, say, hey! Um, and, and they've won already at that point. So you've already rewarded the behavior. So cats are so sneaky when it comes to these things that we have to kind of look at what their motivation is and how we're responding when they do these things. So she doesn't sound like a kitty that's going to be a snuggler kitty. And um, I would definitely, with her, not even really push the physical contact issue with her. So um, she wouldn't be a cat. I'd really um, get into a whole petting or trying to hold her unless we had some really good rewards for her, um, something that she could do it on her terms and to be feel like she could get away without any fear. Um, so that's the big thing. And, and to use really food and treats as your reward for her. So if you feed her and you just put the food down, that's great. But um, she's not looking to you really as any kind of a source. So um, I would ask you to try to feed her smaller amounts. And uh, sometimes this is where we pulled out canned food and to have you present that to her and um, to just talk to her. Don't um, initiate a lot of physical contact. Don't approach her. Sometimes not even to make eye contact and to just kind of uh, either sit there quietly or to talk in a soothing voice and to read her body language. You know, if you are around and her ears are back, her tail is swishing back low and she's looking agitated, um, step back a little bit because otherwise we could push this gal over the edge and she's going to kind of lash out at you. So that's really with the difference with cat behavior and dog behavior is, is they usually give us some hints on what their brain uh, waves are like um, by the their physical um, actions beforehand. So that's the big thing. And then I would um, see about using some um, pheromones in the home, the little plugins that release the calming cat hormone that can help to make um, cats with a lot of anxiety problems um, or behavioral problems. It kind of helps them kind of feel a little bit more relaxed in their surroundings. And that's a good non-medicine way to go. And then uh, the option of getting the other kitty might be a really valid one um, that can help to keep you entertained and to um, you know, give her an outlet, um, someone else to run and play with and in a more cat-appropriate way. Um, if you did that, I would just ask you to make sure you get a, a young, preferably a kitten, because the last thing we want to do is bring in a mature cat that she's going to have potentially more issues with. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. You've seen Dancing with the Stars. How about Dancing with a Dog? Yes, there's a new dance craze sweeping the nation. It's doggy dancing. Dancing with your dog for fun, competition, and exercise, sometimes in coordinated costumes. Videos of this doggy dancing have been popping up on Internet sites like YouTube, while other doggy dancing enthusiasts compete at fairs, horse shows, and rodeos. Colorado will be the site of two competitions held this year by the World Canine Freestyle Organization. Competitors who dance to everything from country to disco say their dogs enjoy it just as much as they do. In England, canine freestyle has become so popular that it's now included in the world-famous Crufts Dog Show. There are doggy dancing organizations in Australia, Holland, Japan, and South Africa. So don't get left behind. Put on some music and start doggy dancing. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. 
You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Let's uh, hit the phones. Dr. Debbie, 1-866-405-8405. Hi, who's this? Uh, my name's Toby. Hey, Toby. How you doing today? Uh, fair to Midland, I guess, for a rainy day. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. We'll send some sunshine your way, okay? Yeah, please do. I'm tired of this rain weather. <laughs> hey, I'm your sunshine here, Toby. <laughs> what can I do for you today? Well, I've got a three-and-a-half to four-year-old German short hair pointer. I've had her since she was eight weeks old. Uh, okay. She's traveled with me on the, uh, on the truck ever since she's been eight weeks old. And she has got atrocious, I mean, just atrocious breath. I went, is, is, is there something that I can give her that will help that? Oh, if it were only so easy just to give her something. Um, well, I mean, usually breath is a function of a lot of different factors. The most important thing is oral health. So if you got a stinky mouth from your dog, the first thing we always do is lift up that lip and see what the condition of the gums and the teeth are. A lot of times, what would, what would be most useful is to address that. Um, does your dog need a teeth clean? Do we need to see about using some tooth brushing? Um, there are some remedies we can try, things to add to the water to kind of help freshen the breath, but they are really just a temporary type fix and don't have as much efficacy if we don't deal with the underlying problem. So that would be my first thing that I would look at is to get into some good uh, oral hygiene where we're doing maybe some brushing. You can add some water additives to help keep plaque down in the mouth and uh, see how we can go with that route because that's really that, that dragon breath that you get. And I can only imagine, you know, that panting face sitting next to you for <laughs> hundreds of miles and in dealing with that. So that would be... Now, have you looked at your, your dog's mouth as far as to see what looks that gum? Well, actually, I had a I had a chow chow many years ago, and she had a she got a, a bone lodged in her throat, and it oh, yeah. almost reminds me of that. But I don't. This dog doesn't hit any bones. Okay, I mean it, yeah. it reminds me of that odor. Yeah, and and that is a nasty odor. I had my own dog who had a stick caught in his upper hard palate, and uh, you know you can you can kind of miss those things. So it sometimes it may start with a good oral exam. So if if you're not seeing anything obvious, I would suggest you know have your doggy checked at a veterinary office, have them do a good oral exam. Sometimes some of those things we don't discover until a pet is sedated or under anesthesia. But but I'm going to definitely say you know let's go to the basics of uh, working with some. Uh, good dental health and see where we can go from there. Sometimes also we'll look at diet. Um, if we have a pet who has a lot of gas and teeth are in great shape, um, in some cases a diet change can help kind of change some of the production of GI gas that they'll have. So that's one thing else that you might consider if you get that clean bill of health with the, with the dentist there. <laughs> well, that might be it because, I mean, like I said, she's been on the truck ever since she's been eight weeks old and she knows what styrofoam looks like. She knows what a white napkin looks like. And she knows 90% of the time she will not eat. I've never seen a dog do this. I can put food down for her, put water down for her, and I can leave the truck. When I come back to the truck, that food has not been touched. She's really? waiting to find out if I bring her a treat. <laughs> if I bring her if, if I bring her a treat, she'll eat her treat. Then she'll gobble her food. But she will not touch that food to operate unless she sees I've got something for her or not. Yeah. Well, well, we can see who the, who's running the show here yeah. in your cab. That's that's called the good enough syndrome. When it, it's good enough, the food's good enough if there's nothing else that's better. 
and she'll eat it. We we have that well, problem here. Don't get me wondering about that dog food. Yeah, which one? Uh, blue buffalo. Now, how do you compare it to the? I mean, I've looked at the labels on every dog food out there, and it all seems about ninety nine point nine percent the same. Yeah, and really, it's just really a matter of some pets with different diets will acclimate differently to them. Um, so I'm not saying that bad breath is you know necessarily a bad diet. So before you do that, I like I said, I'd say pick up that toothbrush, pick up the phone, call your veterinarian for a good oral exam, and then start working on some brush, brush, brushing for those teeth. I'll go. I'll start that, and, I, and I'm actually headed home now, and I'm gonna be home for at least a week when I do get there. Could bad breath be the sign of something more serious going on down under? It can. Yeah, definitely. There can be some other health issues. And, you know, some pets can have kidney problems, liver problems, things like that. So that's why the mainstay is if you're picking up a bad odor from your dog's mouth, um, really work with your veterinarian. Help Have them help you figure it out if it is an oral health problem or if it could be a sign of something more serious so always a good uh, reason to give that jingle to your veterinarian well just flew right on by thanks for joining us today you know i'm, I'm really upset about this joy thing the poor woman jeez. yeah joy turner is she's out of icu That's we know I, that yes. she's out of she's icu still in critical care though critical uh, condition and we do know that it is a cancer of some sort unfortunately yes. what a shame yeah yes so we'll keep everyone up to date as we find out information. I want to thank Mark Gomer for joining us and Brian Barcheck with all his 100,000, 300,000 snakes. 300,000 snakes. Yeah. Only been bitten 100,000 times. <laughs> I thought it was 30,000. Was it 30,000? Sometimes yeah. I think I'm the only one on this show who listens to what people say. Who is that guy over there? He keeps talking. Do you hear something? 30,000 snakes, man. Now, who counts them? How does he know? How does he know it's not 29,980 snakes? Don't forget to download the Animal Radio app for your iPhone and Android. It's a free download. You can listen to the show or ask our dream team your questions any darn time you please. And we'll catch you next week right here for more Animal Radio. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon. Bye. I love you guys. This is Animal Radio Network.